Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Podcast. I'm Janae Anderson. And I'm Mary Thompson. Join us as we explore the myths, beliefs, and realities of aging to empower each of us to thrive on all levels, every moment of our lives. Mary, I think I'm more vain than you are. Well, why'd you say that? How does it come out? Well, you don't dye your hair. I dye my hair. Mm-hmm. We've talked before about facial hair and how you'll go four or five days and go, oh my God, I've got facial hair, whereas I take care of mine every single day. I feel I just got outed for my facial hair. <laughs> no, this is a good thing. You're not like as appearance obsessed as I am. Oh, that's interesting. I think of like with my hair, one thing was one thing I was really fortunate the way it went gray, that it looked good. You know, a lot of people have changes in texture that happen with, with hair graying and stuff like that. So I remember having a conversation with my hairdresser at one time and saying, you know, should I be coloring my hair? My mom really wanted me to color my hair because she thought having a daughter with gray hair made her look really old. Oh, my. And he told me, he said, you know, people pay me to try and get their hair to look the way yours looks. So I think you should just go with it. And How I know, old were you at the time? Uh, early 40s. Wow, that's young. Early 40s. And yeah. so it's been graying, gray and graying a long time. But I think, you know, it's going to sound really funny. I think you're better looking than me. <laughs> and so it could be that, because this is, hear me out, hear me out. I think of people who got more attention or more acknowledgement for looks when they were younger. I think they suffer more when they, when things shift. Whereas I had in it again, totally from my perception, I look back at pictures of myself and I think, Oh my gosh, she was just so beautiful. Why didn't she know that? But my hair never did what I wanted it to do. I couldn't decide how to wear it or what it would look like. And it was never right. It was just never right. My nose was too big. My butt was too big. Um, I had a mustache, which I now think I look back and I think, Oh, I probably had polycystic ovarian syndrome. (laughs) but didn't know it at the time. So I never had a really positive image in my mind of the way I looked. So when my looks shift, it's the least, the last place I'm going to put any attention. Okay. So this ties right into psychology. 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 See, I, I went through a real ugly duckling stage, especially in junior high, like like a lot of kids, but not all kids, right? right? There were the beautiful girls, but I was not one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it was only after junior high when I really started like actively studying what makes a, a girl attractive in society's eyes that I started doing that and then I became dependent on that and so psychologists have this term appearance contingent self-esteem appearance contingent self-esteem so what does that mean that means that my esteem my worth is contingent on how I look if I don't look what I consider good, then I just feel lousy about myself. So, you know, and then tie it in. So you're going to keep your hair colored. You're going to make sure that you, that as you step out the door in the morning, that everything is put into place. Yes. Interesting. Whereas the they, they say the opposite of that is appearance self-esteem, where, you know, you, you feel content with how you look. It's the satisfaction you have about your how you look, but it doesn't affect how you feel about yourself as a person. Interesting. See, I probably had intellect 
it was it, oh I lost my words already. See, my intellect is going. <laughs> this is where contingent, contingent self esteem. So I have intellect contingent self esteem. I have to know things. I have to appear to be smart. I'm going to have to have all this in order. So you can imagine the shame I felt not being able to grasp to bring back that word contingent. It was like oh my god. And so for me, that's where my aging struggle is. Isn't that interesting? So I worry much more about someone catching me in some kind of intellectual gaff than a physical appearance gaffe. You know, right. someone comes up and says, oh, you put that shirt on the inside out, I'm more likely going to laugh and say, oh, I better go change it. You know, it's not going to, I won't think about it or think badly of myself that I, how could you have left the house without making sure everything was in order? But today, I think we should talk about this concept of appearance because this is definitely the intellect shifts too, but appearance seems to be the thing for women that really does shift and it's huge. It's mm -hmm. a huge thing because we are taught to you to to live appearance contingently uh, <laughs> in so many ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the media and you look at what the celebrities go through. The, right. the women, in particular, as they get to a certain age, mm -hmm. um, they're no longer desirable. Yeah, and yeah. some of them, the ones who are really appearance contingent, they just pull out all the stops. You know, mm -hmm. get all the work done, alter mm -hmm. themselves, cut themselves, mm -hmm. whatever to to maintain that youthful look and then what about those of us that are watching this now we're watching them on the screen we don't know all the work that's gone on behind the scenes to make them look the way they look on the screen but we still might feel bad about ourselves that we don't look that way or we don't behave that way or that somehow we can't match their outsides it's almost impossible not to compare, not to mm -hmm. say, well, Jane Fonda looks like that at 82. Why can't I look that way at 59? You know? <laughs> you know, but I think, I think Jane Fonda is in a world all of her own. I mean, none of us looked like Barbarella when Barbarella was out. That was her first, I think it was her first movie. And then as she went through all the different stages of her life and the changes she went through, she was always beautiful and fit and body conscious and, and um, appearance and, conscious. And had a severe eating disorder, I might add. Okay. Which she probably had to do to maintain yes. the look. Appearance well, I think we can see a bit of that in her, in her 80s that she's very, very thin. And so, and that's, that's a challenge on its own. So we're not talking disordered eating today, but what about all the things we go through? Hair color, makeup, um, facial wrinkles, facial, body right. shifting. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember looking, someone had talked to me. One of the things in Ayurveda is we'll look and do a facial diagnostic. And I made a comment about how she had kind of angular features. And she said, it's just because they've dropped. And I went, well, what do you mean? Because I, I wasn't familiar with that term. This wasn't that long ago. And she said, well, my jowls used to be up here, and I'm pushing my cheeks kind of up towards my cheekbones. And she said, no, they're down here, going down below the jawline. And I looked, and I went, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. But, of course, then what happens is I go and I look in a mirror, and I go, oh, no, hands to the face. You know, push the face up toward the cheekbones. And, like, let it go when it drops, and it's now I have this little little bit of flesh here but below my jawline and it's like whoa wait a minute when did that happen that's amazing thanks a lot for that <laughs> i was just going that about my butt yesterday <laughs> everything just kind of drops it right, it's drops. gravity right it's, gra it's length of time being in this gravity influenced planet right and so we can i think there's two ways we can go we can have our self-esteem linked to it 
or we can free ourselves from that and say, okay, this is what my body looks like. How can I, I could certainly maximize the benefits. So, you know, I can, I can dress for the way that it looks and, and make myself as attractive as I, as I deem. But at the same time, I don't want to feel bad about myself for looking a little bit older. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's intentionally, I think, turning and making that decision. And Mm -hmm. then there are things that we can talk about later about Mm -hmm. how to actually bring that into your day-to-day life. Right. Well, I think, you know, I want to go back to celebrities for a little bit. I was thinking, I heard a, was watching a funny little program with a a name that we can't say aloud because, (laughs) but it's about women and their sexual desirability or actresses and their sexual desirability and their um, when they reach that age where, oh, you wouldn't be having sex with that person. And they talked about Sally Field and they said at one point, you know, in, in one movie, I think it's called Punchline, she was Tom Hanks' love interest. And she said, and just three years later, she played his mother in Forrest Gump. You know, and how quickly we go from someone you could be interested in to someone who is, for the most part, asexual in the film. And so there's really interesting and something Sally Field said is, you know, because she sees herself on screen from the age of what, 13, 14, all the way up now she's in her 70s and she starts playing roles that are closer to her own age. And she says, yeah, I don't like my neck. You know? <laughs> and I think we all have that part that we, we focus on and we say, oh, that should be different. Yeah, or several of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. It is really interesting. We, Mary, you and I both looked into what aging celebrities had to say um, because they have the pressure even more than we do, you know, right. as, as normal people. Well, if they want roles, you can see if you watch any program, and this is true in the US and the UK, they will cast older women. And it's a little striking. I was watching a, a detective show, and one of the main characters was a woman probably in her 50s, maybe early 60s. and wrinkles on her face and you know her body shape was very much typical of a 50 to 60 year old woman and I was like what is this how did she get that wrong (laughs) and then I realized it's because in the U.S. we skew it to this weird demographic where you know the photoshop generation that's had everything sculpted even if they're um, portraying a true event in the movies they will make the actress more beautiful thinner you know, it's right. it's so interesting, and and mm-hmm. so the the normal the normality of what happens as we age and what happens to our bodies is just completely unrepresented or underrepresented right. in the media. Mm-hmm. Right, because then you look at how men are portrayed, and character actors usually are average-looking men with average-looking bodies, and they don't make an effort to cast only hunks in those roles. But for women, we're under a different microscope. We are. And men men get pressure too, but not the way women do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I thought was funny as I was thinking of, because we we're talking about celebrities, I was thinking of um, red carpets, you know, getting people through and walk, walking and everything. And I think the outfits that I remember men wearing is when they did something a little odd or a little funny, you know? So I think it was Woody Allen who did the tuxedo with the red Converse high tops and that always, you know, stood out in my mind as something. It was just funny. Or there was an outfit Robin Williams wore one time where he wore the outfit that you would see on a Jesuit priest. It was a long frock with the purple buttons. And and so they were almost more comedic mm-hmm. in their presentation. Whereas women seem to be, um, the, the outfits we remember are the ones that are more daring, that show off more of a very sexy body 
that yeah. we'd, attri we'd attribute more towards the woman in her 20s as opposed to someone older. Yeah, it's very true. And you think about the woman at the Oscars. Is that mm -hmm. what you said, the Oscars? I said on the red carpet. Whatever, yeah, any, any red event. carpet. I mean... They they try so hard to look good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. they're they're they've got all the best minds and experts mm -hmm. making them look beautiful that night. And if they've got flaws, they've got the clothing that's hiding that that flaw and whatever mm -hmm. a perceived flaw is. Right. And what's going to happen to them if they show that flaw? It's going to be on the front page of some magazine that everyone's going to see and say, "Oh my God, I can't believe she wore that." You know, and it's like so much pressure. It's and just if insane. Got, if you've got appearance contingent self-worth, it's mm -hmm. just, it's going to kill you. Yeah. Well, even, I've even recognized on the cover of like AARP magazine, where it always highlights someone over 50 on their cover. And when I read the comments the next month, they talk about how good the woman looked. You know, and it's it's still, it's like so much pressure we get over 50, can't they? lighten up a little bit and talk yeah. more about, oh, what she's achieved, what she's accomplished in this lifetime, and I love this work that she's doing. And they do that as a second comment. They Usually do. the first thing is how well she's maintained her figure or her facial appearance. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of oh, a lot of pressure. Yeah, so we're talking about a, a big shift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some celebrities who have like Meryl Streep. She's decidedly against plastic surgery. Oh. You know, she says, when I see it in the people I meet, it's like an interruption in my communication with them. It's like a, fra a flag in front of the view. Interesting. Yeah. So kind she's of a just, separation. Yeah. And um, she's, she's not going to do it. What's interesting with that concept is it's, there is who I am and then there is who I want you to see. And so it's, there's a, a split that some point when you do that, that plastic surgery, it's, I think it's completely different people in the entertainment industry because that's their, that's their livelihood, right? The, to keep that body looking young. But I think for most of us, we'll choose to do plastic surgery or we choose to seek out some kind of surgical option for some body part we reject. I reject the wrinkles. I want the Botox. I reject my lips thinning, I want the collagen injections, I reject the size of my nose, I want the nose job. And there's a, a self, I don't know, a self, I don't want to say a self-loathing, but that's the word that keeps coming up for me, is just kind of this dis distaste with something the way it is. I think that's an appropriate word, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of it is the image like we create this image or we adopt someone else's image of how we should look. Right. And then when we don't let live up to that image, we can make ourselves miserable. Right. Self-loathing, mm -hmm. uh, total dissatisfaction when we look in the mirror, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's the image. Right. So, yeah, we, I think it's really important to, be aware of and intentional about the image we adopt as we age. Right. It's funny because I was thinking about we as a group or we as a society, we abhor those images which encourage young girls to fit some kind of mold, to lose, to be thinner, to be have bigger boobs or bigger butts or whatever it is that's going to be popular in their group. But we may be unaware of the subtle um, shift that we have in our own minds about our appearance in relationship to those magazine models, the cover of AARP, or the um, people we see on television. 
I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. We we do see it for the youth, and we don't see it so well for ourselves. So right. to start opening our eyes more mm-hmm. and seeing what's being pushed down our throats. Right. <laughs> yeah, how do we feel about that? This, I think one thing we talked about in preparing for the, today's topic was this concept, like Jane Fonda went gray for the Oscars, and um, Sharon Osbourne did as well. And I came to find out they both went to the same person, and he is renowned for the transition back to gray or to gray for women who have been coloring their hair for a long time. And women, he's had over 500 opportunities to do this for women, and they fly from around the world to go to this person. And then my first thought was, oh gosh, now I can't even get great in a good way. Yeah, I, I, have I feel to, a little sick as you say that. <laughs> I've got to go and have it, I have to go gray perfectly. <laughs> I know when um, when Madonna had her first baby, I mean, it's a little off topic, but not. When she had her first baby, she immediately went to work exercising and it took her two weeks to get her body back. Oh my gosh. And that set the bar for all the other actresses who decided they had to be able to do the same thing. <laughs> So we need to, we need to like consciously adopt what how we want to do things like go gray. We, yes. we don't we don't need to accept the bar uh-huh. that they have accepted. Well, I'm thinking my my baby bump my baby fat bar has been 18 years, and so I think somewhere between Madonna's and mine seems to be a good place to put your attention. My cousin took a picture of um, me at the river and sent it to me a couple days ago and it I'm sitting down and you can clearly see this roll of fat on my belly and I'm happy to say that I looked at it and I chuckled and went, Ha ha, that's fun. Oh. Yeah, it said I I would have said, you know, okay, we're not gonna post that picture. That's not gonna go out in the world. Well certainly it didn't go out in the world. But at the same Aww. time I didn't torture myself about it. And and that's a new yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, yeah. I went through an eating disorder in my younger years, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely appearance contingent. Right. That's such an interesting concept that my self-esteem being dependent on how I look, and that's not been mine, but I, I admit there are a lot of women that that's going to be the case. And you one know? of the things I really admire about you is that it's it's not something that uh, yeah. that obsesses you and tortures you and makes you miserable. I wish it was something I'd overcome <laughs> <laughs> instead of just being that way. <laughs> instead, of just, instead of just feeling like I was, you know, I didn't get any attention for being good looking. I didn't get any. I, I wasn't popular with the boys and, you know, I'm so a, I... But I've seen pictures of you and you were cute as anything. I, but I think, don't you think it's what we feel about ourselves inwardly? Yeah. If I had owned it, if I had stepped out and said, oh, no, I'm beautiful. Yeah. If you, yes, if you then, walked it, baby. Right. Then yeah. I probably would have had a completely different experience of high school. Yeah. But I had the opinion that, oh, well, I'm not really very good looking. So right. I better be smart and helpful. That's that's what's that line? It's a men's line, but they say if she doesn't find you handsome, she should at least find you handy. <laughs> so, yeah, go for the go for the second tier. You know, gotcha. So if we don't have the looks, you should be smart, or you should be funny, or you should be helpful, or you should have other features that could compensate <laughs> for that. Wow, isn't that amazing? You know, and I think it's what you it's what you hear at home. It's what you get. So I had five older brothers, and I think that that helped a lot to diminish my my sense of myself as pretty. I bet. (laughs) 
So what did you learn about the celebrities you Let's looked see. into? Well, what was interesting, one of the celebrities we talked about was Sharon Osbourne because she also went gray, but I guess she did after seeing Jane Fonda's gray at the Oscars and saying, okay, I can do this. She'd been coloring her hair for 18 years and decided to go gray. And she said, you know, it's the industry. She said she's on her third face. She's had three facelifts and now there's other, she said she won't go under the knife again because now there's other options. You know, it's like, but she's still going to pursue that youthful appearance as long as possible because there's probably the appearance contingency, right? Yeah. I want to, I want to make sure I look good. Sally Field had a little bit more of a laid back. She said, you know, I'm in my seventies. I should look like I'm in my seventies. And so she was more accepting of herself. I think she still has such a youthful face. You has know? she had work done? Um, I believe she has. The article I was finding and the interview she was giving, she talked about, you know, with the focus as an actor, that there are some things that you would do to maintain that. But she didn't go into detail about it. But she did hold up a couple of role models. And this is one I've heard from a number of people was Jessica Tandy. Jessica Tandy was an older actress who really aged beautifully just um i think for me one thing that's bugging me right now appearance wise is hair thinning um and i've noticed it like noticing more hair falling out and then frantically going and checking you know making sure i don't have any of the causes for it and then i was thinking back to images of jessica tandy when she was probably in her late 70s and her hair was pretty thin you know but she still it was wonderfully done and she just would look so natural yeah. So all you have to do is spend thousands of dollars on hairstylists and you'll be all right. <laughs> yes. Well, that's true. They have the deeper, much deeper pocketbooks than I. I was, I was thinking a turban. I would, <laughs> I would adopt some kind of affect where I would be wearing hats all the time or a turban. And, and I'm still a ways away from my hair thinning that much. But it was just really something that came up for me recently that we certainly have features. Even if I don't have the whole thing, I have certain features that I have always really valued my hair being one my eyes being one and if I see those start to shift that's when I start to think oh no what I can, can I understand do that yeah hmm. how about you did you, what celebrities did you talk about or did you look into um well let's see Sharon Stone for instance she says you have to sit down and take a good look at yourself particularly as you grow older and your face changes People are afraid of changing, that they're losing something. They don't understand that they are also gaining something. Oh, that's nice. That's so what nice are we feature. gaining? Hmm. Hmm. Wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom. There's something about living enough years that, that one does start to feel a little wiser, a little more... Mm -hmm. up. For me, a little, um, a little more aware of and understanding of who I am. I think there's a comfort I've gained is I'm more relaxed in my body. I probably have said this before on podcasts, but I, I believe I've gotten better looking as I've gotten older, as I've kind of grown into my features a little bit. And I think as I've become more comfortable with myself and happier with myself, my choices, my jobs and my relationships and everything, then I, I think I look better. I think that shows, I think there's a kind of, when we get more comfortable with ourselves, there's that inward inner beauty that is shining able to shine out. out. Yes, I agree mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kate Blanchett, she says, I haven't done any cosmetic surgery, but who knows? She says, when you've had children, your body changes. There's history to it. 
I like the evolution of that history. History? I'm fortunate to be with someone who likes the evolution of that history. I think it's important to not eradicate it. You know, that's, that's really interesting to use the term history with us. You know, it's, we are, there's our biology becomes our history. You know, it's like that. You can see the road marks of where can, we've been. It's the a scars life, and the wrinkles. A, a life lived. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was, I talk about that with, like with wrinkles is that if you hold your face in a certain position, say you're smiling a lot, then you might have more of the crow's feet or you might get the deeper lines along the side of your face. But then your face tends to rest in a smile because of that. Whereas if I'm always angry, I get those lines between my two eyebrows. And then no matter no matter what I'm feeling, when I'm happy, I still look like I'm angry and irritated. Yeah, so, that perpetual scowl. Mm -hmm. then I think there's a, a becoming comfortable with our history and becoming uncomfortable with ourselves. Yeah, and I, I think too that it's natural. It's a natural thing to happen in the course of time. And we are a part of nature. Mm -hmm. So to be able to look in the mirror and say, oh, you know, here is nature happening. Right. And be positive about it. I think we have to value those things in other women. You know, maybe switch our attention and our focus away from how well they've been preserved and how good they look for their age to what have their accomplishments been? What are they talking about? What are they thinking about? What are they doing? Yeah, and maybe even find some new idols. Yeah. Some with people you can admire for qualities other than the way they look. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. One of the things I was looking into Lily Tomlin because we were talking a lot about Jane Fonda and they've got that show with Grace and Frankie. What I found very interesting is most of the interviews were with the two of them, but very quickly the focus of the interview became Jane Fonda and not Lily Tomlin. And even though Lily Tomlin also looks terrific and also has a very powerful role, Jane Fonda's got star power. I mean, she just really does take over in that way. She's also much thinner than Lily Tomlin, you know, mm -hmm. and so she... She looks like the 35-year-old, whereas Lily Tomlin <laughs> you know, looks older. And she wears the clothes to kind of accentuate that. Are we talking about Jane? No, Lily, Lily. Lily. Well, both of them. Yeah. Both of them. And yeah. I wondered, now, I wonder how women in their 80s feel watching that and then looking across the table at, at their partners or at their friends and say, how come we don't do this? Where's my vibrator? <laughs> Here. So do you want to talk about some solutions? For... I think we should. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, okay. What are your solutions you got? Okay. Short, of, short of surgery. So one is throw away conventional media defined ideals of beauty. Like really get that we aren't going to be able to change society's definition of beauty, but we can change our own. Focus on the beauty we see in the real life people that we admire the inner beauty that we've been talking about, the one that mm -hmm. shines out. And I think in that, also speaking about it, talking to people about it, have you seen this person um, or have you heard what this person has to say rather than how well they, how good they look? Yeah, or even stopping someone on the street and, and yes, very serene older woman and saying, I just want to tell you how beautiful you are. Wow. From six feet away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, define yourself in ways other than how you look. 
So as you were saying, something that trick you learned when you were quite young, Mm -hmm. make self-esteem contingent on your inner qualities, not your outer qualities. Mm -hmm. So focus on what you like about your abilities, your personality, your intellect, your relationships, your perspectives on the world. And these almost invariably improve over time. Yeah. As opposed to what can happen yeah. with features. So they are also often more changeable than our facial features or our bodily features. So, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, they're a lot more real. Yeah. Well, I think of looking at our values. What are the principles that we value? And focusing our energy on how could I be, if I value generosity, how can I be more generous with my time and my energy? Or how could I be if my value is in integrity? It's like, how can I be in greater integrity with myself and with other people rather than focusing on how good I could look in this situation? Yes. I think that when my son was young, I thought of principles or values I wanted him to have. And then when he was having anything that he was going through, I'd say, you know, is this reflective? I wouldn't say this to him, but is it reflective of what are these values and how could I support nurturing Mm -hmm. that value in him? So maybe I have to do it for myself. Maybe. Look back on those because I want to have these these characteristics and if i focus all my energy and attention to how i look a superficial aspect i'm going to leave less time and less energy on these other things that i find of importance yeah and it it gives you a touchstone if what you're working on is generosity or compassion or any other mm-hmm. quality to if i'm going to do this does it tie in with that quality of compassion mhm it's like um, for, for a while, I, I very actively practiced those uh, Buddhist principles of before I spoke, I, I queried myself, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And I would only speak if it met those three qualities. And that was a very powerful practice. Mm. I wouldn't say very much. if that. Was and like I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was also thinking, I want to I wanted just say this bit about the term compassion. I think it's also being compassionate for ourselves and loving ourselves and nurturing ourselves around that because so often we want to do you know I'm going to be generous and give you all my time and there's no time left for me and so I'm worn out or I'm going to be compassionate with you and your issues but I'm judgmental and I'm kicking myself for mine it's a very good point really I believe it has to start with myself yeah charity begins at home yeah it really (laughs) does because I mean if if um if I'm feeling depleted and deflated how am I going to have anything really to give you right so they say you can't fill others from an empty cup. That's right. So taking that time. Did you have any other tips? Yes. Any tips for Try other? avoiding the mirror for a day. <laughs> and if you feel the urge, stop and focus instead on how you're feeling on the inside. Interesting. Yeah. I, I avoid the mirror as often as possible. And last but not least, something we pretty much talked about, take your aging in stride. Don't compare yourself with younger people and don't compare yourself with older celebrities who can right. afford major work and personal trainers and all, everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So watch who you're comparing yourself with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And take care of you inside Yeah. because I really believe when we're comfortable with ourselves inside, the outside looks better. Uh, I concur. Okay. Well, thanks, Jay. This was a fun conversation. It was fun and it was helpful. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so you so. actually avoid mirrors. Well, I don't, I don't have a reason to look in the mirror during the day. I mean, I might go if I think 
that my hair looks funny or I've you know, what's really funny to me and you might notice this too I do a lot of online things right now and when that camera comes on the first thing I do is fix my hair oh, yeah, is run too. my hands through my hair and see what that looks like um, the other thing we do these a zoom conversation with some girlfriends uh, once a week so there's the four of us on the screen and so they were they were commenting that what I what had I done differently because they didn't think they looked as good as I did and I said, well, you have to have your camera at eye level, first of all. So I have a, a camera a, a stand for my computer because I do, I do web conversations and web talks often. So that's one of the tips is keep that camera at eye level so you're not looking down at it because that's not attractive. It's not attractive if you're looking up at it, just straight across. And I had a light behind my computer, so I was lighted. And so they just said, you know, wow, we, we need lights. We need stands. You know, we need to do something. I just thought it was so funny because we can do these little, little shifts in appearance. And then, so really, I don't look in the mirror throughout the day unless there's, I look in the, the camera when, a, when it comes on. But then other than that, I'm not, not till I go back in and brush my teeth at night. I love that. <laughs> do you see why I love this woman? <laughs> I'll let you be the face of the aging gracefully. <laughs> Well, everyone have have fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is Janae Anderson and Mary Thompson signing off.